Welcome to Droughtcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping you informed on the drought situation across England and Wales. We look at what drought means for people and the environment. Droughtcast is brought to you by CCW, the Consumer Council for Water. It's the 19th of September 2023. I'm your host for today, Tom Quee. And I just want to kick off with some great news from our friends at Southwest Water. You may recall in Droughtcast 5 and 6, we mentioned they were planning to lift the majority of the hosepipe bands in the area, with restrictions set to be lifted across Devon and Cornwall on the 25th of September, and a review planned of the restrictions in both the Collarford and Roadford water supply zones. Well, I'm happy to say that both bands are set to be lifted next week, with Southwest stating that the collaboration of customers, investment, and recent rainfall have allowed their water resources to be in a much more stable position following the peak summer demand. Roadford Reservoir is at 53% storage currently, up 10% from this time last year, while Collarford Reservoir is at 52% storage, up 28% from last year. In just a moment, I'll be speaking with Jamie Hannaford, the lead of the Hydrological Status and Reporting Group at the UK Centre for Ecology and Hydrology, about the weather conditions over the past two months and the outlook for the future. Following that, Jim Barker, the Head of Water Resources at Portsmouth Water, will discuss the new reservoir being constructed in their service area and how it will help address drought concerns in the future. And finally, CCW's very own Karen Gibbs will return to provide a broad overview of the current water resource situation in England and Wales. So, very pleased to be joined once again by the lead of the Hydrological Status and Reporting Group at the UK Centre for Ecology and Hydrology, Jamie Hannaford. Jamie, welcome back to Troutcast. Hi there, Tom. Good to see you again. You were on the second episode, which was more basically two months ago from the time we're recording this, from the time we're releasing this. And, you know, this hydrological summary report has came out, which is looking back, like, how has the weather been? in those two months or so. That's really interesting. You refer back to the last time I came on. I think mm. early, it was after an exceptionally dry and warm June that people will remember, I'm sure, which is holding a lot of promise for the summer ahead. And we were obviously talking in early July about some concerns that mm-hmm. from you know how dry it had been in June. And I mean, really, I mean, what a transformation we've seen as I'm sure everyone will remember, um, you know, in terms of how things went for the summer, we had really a very disappointing summer, uh, as I'm sure all the listeners will be aware. Um, really quite a, a, a wet July and August put together. Um, our latest hydrogen summer has just come out. And um, what, what that's showing in terms of rainfall, at least, although the summer as a whole wasn't really that exceptional, that's partly because it's very dry in June and then wetter since. But certainly if you look at the July and August together, they were really quite um, wet for most regions of the UK. Just by way of example, I mean, Northern Ireland, um, if you look at the average for those two months, that was actually the third wettest July and August together um, on record, in the record mm. going back to 1890. And most regions around the UK, Northern England, much of the South also saw really very wet conditions if you averaged the, the, the July and August together. So quite a change from the very dry conditions of early summer to the really wet later summer that we've seen around the UK. Obviously, we've had a very arid period in September. What is the forecast going forward? I mean, what is predicted on your end for the next three months or so? Yeah, that's it's good that you bring that back to right up to the here and now, because obviously mm-hmm. the high summary was looking at the sort of rivers and rainfall uh, up to the end of August. Uh, and again, we had another really quite big turnaround in the weather, um, just as everyone was getting ready to go back to school uh, and off on holidays in early September. We obviously had that really uh, very uh, late spell of um, very hot weather. Um, but um, the hydrogen the hydrogen outlook has just been uh, also came out last week, which unlike the summary is actually looking forwards. 
that is suggesting um, really looking ahead over the next few months, what the forecast is showing is normal to below normal river flows for most of the UK, uh, parts of the South Sea, normal to above normal river flows. But that's only for really sort of for September. But actually, when you look over the next three months as a whole into the autumn, there's not really any sort of signal towards anything notable. Generally, you know, the, the big, you know, it's suggesting normal flows, normal yeah. river flows, and pretty much normal groundwater levels in most places, above normal in some localities. But to be honest, quite um, quite dull in a way, quite normal. That's what we like to hear, though, isn't it? It is. I think I think it's worth saying that. I mean, considering, as you say, where we were in you know early on in the summer, um, mm. considering the very wet conditions we had in you know, the height of the summer, this sort of return to overall fairly normal conditions. I mean, that means, sort of nationally speaking, the water resources picture is pretty healthy. You know, reservoir levels are above normal on the national scale. River flows are mostly in the normal range, same for groundwater levels. So although there are a couple of hot spots where there are lingering sort of below average reservoir levels, which are a bit of a hangover from last year, so in parts of the southwest and a, a few other um, groundwater boreholes and reservoirs around the country, those concerns uh, are quite uh, low key and very localized. Mm. The overall picture nationally is, for, you know, that things are pretty healthy, um, and that's at the time of year. Of course, we're going now into the uh, into the autumn, looking ahead to the winter. This is the time of year when we generally get um, replenishment of a refill of reservoirs, replenishment of groundwater stocks, uh, groundwater uh, recharge in, in aquifers, and so hence, yeah, pretty healthy picture looking ahead towards the towards the winter. Um, which is a yeah not a bad place to be. And I guess finally, I'm, I remember you mentioned the website on your on your first appearance, Droughtcast Two. Like, if any of our listeners you know want to see this outlook, want to see the summary, where do they go? So, I mean, you, you're right. I mean, probably uh, the you can go through the UKCH website and find the hydrological summary and the hydrological outlook. But if you Google either of those terms, you'll find the latest uh, summary and the latest outlook. So. That applies at any, you know, we, these come out every month. And if anyone wants to look at the latest situation um, and look at the forecast, they're very easy to access. I should highlight as well that also, I think we mentioned this before, if you Google uh, UK Water Resources Portal, uh, you can get to a, a sort of interactive portal that allows you to actually look at river flows in near real time. That's updated every 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 day. Um, and so really does enable people to look on a very localized scale as well at rivers you know in their in their area so it's very hands-on it's interactive and it allows you to look at um, areas you know which which are meaningful for for your listeners and it also is updated uh, very frequently much more frequently than we do our reports so yeah I'd, I'd say the water resources portal is a, a great jumping off point for anyone who's interested in exploring rainfall river flows groundwater levels and soil moisture um, on a routine basis. So, yeah, definitely, that's a good a good source. Lots of interactive mapping and graphics that people can get at um, if they're interested. Excellent. Well, Jamie Hannaford from the UK Centre for Ecology and Hydrology. Thanks again for being part of Droughtcast. Thanks very much, Tom, and uh, see you soon. Cheers. If you have any questions about droughts and hosepipe bans, we'd love to hear from you at podcast at ccwater.org.uk. Additionally, if you have suggestions for future topics or guests, please email us there. And now it's time for our second guest, Jim Barker from Portsmouth Water, where we speak about the exciting new reservoir planned in the area and its environmental ramifications. 
And I should say as well, if you want to hear more on this topic, the Haven't Thicket Reservoir, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Waterfall, and the episode entitled Reservoir Dog Walkers. Very pleased to be joined now by Jim Barker, who is Head of Water Resources at Portsmouth. Jim, welcome to Droughtcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, you're building the biggest reservoir in 30 years in your area, in in England indeed, Haven't Thicket. Um, What was the planning behind this? Well, Haven't Thicket is uh, absolutely an environmentally-led dry weather resilience scheme. So effectively, it's come about because in order to protect the famous rivers, the Itchen and the Test, which are chalk rivers in in South Hampshire, Southern Water, our neighbours, have to make restrictions on the amount of water they can take in dry weather scenarios customers still use water in those dry in that dry weather so they're looking for sources of water to do to fill the gap um, we have the land and we had the thoughts around having thicket reservoir and have had since early 2000s if not earlier uh, and so the opportunity aligned and, and we will be supplying water to southern in order to offset the the reductions they need to make in their abstraction on those rivers. And can you just explain, in layman's terms to our listeners, how a new reservoir would help combat potential drought threats in the future? So so what the, the reservoir is, obviously, is a, a big tank of water that's available when water in the rest of the environment is scarce. So um, we will feed the reservoir, top the reservoir up from a, a spring line. So during the winter, we're lucky in our geology and lots of water comes through the chalk from the South Downs and pops out to sea through a, a, a large row of springs through the town of Havant, actually. In winter, there's more water than we need, so we're going to siphon some of that water off, put it in the reservoir, fill the reservoir, and it's there for when in dry weather, the springs aren't running and the rivers are lower. Obviously, this is a, a huge project. What are the ramifications in terms of the local environment in the area? So, yeah, so the Havant Thicket site is, is going to be very large. It's a reservoir that holds 8.7 billion litres of water, so you can imagine it's it's a size. Um, it's it's really sad, but we have had to cut down some ancient woodland and make changes to the environment locally to accommodate the the size of that reservoir. But um, we are really proud to say that we we've worked really hard to offset that impact. And I know you can't replace fully mature trees, but we we are creating two hundred hectares of new or improved woodland. We are um, running through an 80 hectare rewilding project, bringing former agricultural land uh, back to nature. And we have we've monitored the site since 2005 and moved many bats, dormice, reptiles to new homes. So there is some impact locally, but I think in all we are definitely improving the environment. And, And speaking of local impact, how are the local stakeholder groups receiving the development? So broadly, the stakeholder groups have been very welcoming. So you know, we've worked with customers and, and locals for 20 years nearly on this reservoir project, uh, and we've involved them in every step of the way. So actually, the the reservoir scheme, it will have uh, surrounding woodland around the reservoir with, with uh, leisure activities, so walks, cycle paths, horse riding tracks. There'll be a visitor and ent- education centre. I think everyone really is looking forward to having that as a... Um, uh, an opportunity in their local community um but but you know the reservoir does also give us as water companies another opportunity so we are looking at other ways we can use the reservoir and in, including maybe getting more yield more water from the reservoir during a drought by using other sources of water such as recycled water um mm. that is in its early stages of conversation and we're engaging with local stakeholders and 
communities. And that is obviously a lot more controversial. People still want to go through the whys and wherefores of that and, and be given confidence it's all going to be safe and secure. And finally, Jim, I believe there's a website that people should be checking out, right? Yeah, if people do have questions or are interested to learn more or to make their concerns known, if they visit either our website, portsmouthwater.co.uk, or visit Southern Waters' website, so Water for Life Hampshire, they Google that, then they can find out loads more, certainly about the water recycling element of the proposals, and and make their comments known. And we'd encourage everyone to do that. Okay, fantastic. That's Jim Barker, Head of Water Resources at Portsmouth. Thanks again for coming on to Droughtcast. You're welcome. Although Droughtcast primarily focuses on drought, there are compelling reasons to conserve water year-round, regardless of drought conditions. If you're looking for tips and motivations for water conservation, look no further than our sister podcast, Waterfall. Each week, Waterfall features insightful guests alongside our own CCW experts who delve into the importance of water conservation and provide a wealth of water-saving advice. You can find Waterfall wherever you listen to podcasts. And our final conversation in the episode is with CCW's very own Karen Gibbs, who will be providing a broad overview of how England and Wales are looking at the moment in regards to their water resource situation. And now we are joined by CCW's very own Karen Gibbs. Karen, thank you for coming back to Droughtcast. Hello there. So what is the latest you can tell us, please, on the water resource situation in general across England and Wales? Well, the the recent wetter weather that we've had is clearly having the desired effect on the water resources situation in terms of the public water supply. So we're seeing reservoir levels, groundwater levels and river levels all, all improving as a result of that weather. And although September has got off to a fairly dry, hot start... That earlier rain has obviously meant that things as we move into the autumn are in a lot better position than they were this time last year. You're you're part of the National Drought Group, aren't you? Can you just tell us kind of what function they serve and and what you've heard latest from them? The National Drought Group is brought together with um, water industry, the agricultural sector, energy production, uh, you know, the whole raft of people that are interested in and have direct involvement in drought planning. And the latest meeting of the National Drought Group, we heard very importantly about the recovering situation, but the importance of planning ahead so that in future, when we do inevitably see more of these very severe drought situations, that we're ready for every possible eventuality. So, you know, we have to plan to uh, prepare for a more frequent repeat of the sorts of conditions we've seen in the last couple of years. As of September, as of this month, you know, river flows at most sites are reported to be normal or higher for the time of the year. So it seems to be positive, right? Yes. I mean, we've got to remember that a lot of the companies who are predominantly relying on groundwater need that rainfall to continue through the autumn and over the winter period because that's when the groundwater absorbs all that that rainfall. Um, So it's going to be really important for everybody to um, continue to monitor things very carefully and to look forward to whatever uh, the weather is throwing at us over this winter period. Karen Gibbs, CCW, thanks again for coming on to Droughtcast. Thank you. And that concludes today's edition of Droughtcast. Be sure to email us, podcast at ccwater.org.uk, go back through the archive, tell a friend, and stay tuned, because we'll be back very soon with another edition of Droughtcast.